Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am the host, the Honey Badger, here to give it to you straight and transparent about the RV business, as well as other things. Today's episode is going to be packed full of great information that is going to be important no matter what part of the RV journey you're on. Whether you're just starting your homework and your research, or whether you already have purchased an RV, I think you, the consumer, you, the customer, will really enjoy all the information I'm going to share. And we're going to start a little bit different tonight. We're going to start with RV warranty and service. Okay. Now, I made a video uh, on my main channel, and I talked about a little bit last night about the processes of how service really works. And I think I need to start out by going a little bit deeper into what I was talking about. So if you don't know what I said, I'll give you a quick recap. Basically, what I was saying the other night was there's a lot of guys that walk into the RV business from the auto world. You know, they, they were service managers at an auto, uh, auto place, an auto dealership, an auto service center. And they have this like mentality that they're just going to walk in and streamline everything in the RV service and warranty world. Okay. Um, a lot of you assumed that I was making fun of Josh the RV Nerd's video. Those comments were not directed towards one person. If anything, they were directed to RV service YouTubers that come from the auto industry that are making all these promises that they're going to streamline things or that how they would run it type of stuff okay and they've never been any rv service department so let me kind of give you guys a little preview into what i go through running an rv warranty department first off you would need a warehouse probably the size of Riverside, California to fit every single little RV part that's ever been made, that's ever been manufactured for every brand that's covered either under an extended warranty or under a manufacturer warranty. Because here, here's a fact. RV manufacturing is not streamlined. And here's what I mean by that. When you get, when let, let's say for example, here's a great example. There's a toy hauler manufacturer called Attitude Toy Haulers. They're out of Riverside, California. Don't know how much longer they're going to be in business, but we're going to use them as an example. So I remember in 2016, they were using Norcold propane electric refrigerators for their 2016 year model toy haulers but midway through all of a sudden we started seeing Dometic okay that's a supply issue a price issue an availability issue I've also seen it where other brands and this is every brand this isn't just streamlined to one or two where a converter box will be in one run 
of a travel trailer and then you get another one two months later on the lot and it's got a completely different manufacturer different brand of a converter box and a water pump and an air conditioner i watched one year and this is before covid remove covid out of it this is before all the parts problems of getting parts i remember being in this industry in the 2010s that one month they would show up with a atwood air conditioner and the next run of them we get which was maybe two months later 10 weeks later had a dometic air conditioner i've seen highline motor homes diesel pushers that had one brand air conditioner in the living room and one brand in the bedroom. A different brand. So to streamline everything is almost virtually impossible. Not the way the auto industry is set up. You're not going to find one dealership, one parts department, and this is including Camping World. And this is not making fun of Camping World. This is just a fact. You would need a warehouse the size of a mid-tier city, of a 250, 300,000-person city to carry every little thing that you need to streamline warranty. The other part that's very different from... RV service to auto industry service is the auto industry has manufacturing and stores and warehouses and OEM parts that can be gotten to within two days. I need an alternator for a 2022 Toyota Tundra. Done. Be there in two days. Three days. Five days. It's a process that is streamlined because there's millions of motor vehicles produced every year. What the RV industry produces before 2021 and 22 was between 280 and 400,000. There were years where it was less, there was years where it was more, but if you actually think about it, Compared to the auto industry, there's not a lot of vehicles made. There's not a lot of RVs made. Comparison. Now, I still now if you look at the number, let's call it 400,000, that's a pretty big chunk of RVs that are built. But just compared to how the auto industry operates, it's a whole different animal. Okay? One thing that, that, so I'm not making fun of Josh the RV nerd, okay? Somebody told me he made a service video. What I said was not directed. I didn't even know he made that video, okay? So I just want to clarify that. I didn't even know he made it. I got, I, I got informed today in comments and email, are you making fun of Josh? No, I'm not making fun of Josh. That was directed actually towards a couple other videos that I watched from these auto industry experts 
that are going into the RV world to fix it and streamline it. And I've just been in it so long that I know that it's never going to be efficient like the auto industry is. And there's times, guys, and you you stop me if I'm wrong, but there's times where the auto industry is all screwed up too when it comes to parts and getting inventory and getting things of that nature, right? It's not like sunshine and rainbows. You know, the auto industry has its problems too, but obviously they are two different entities and two different industries, okay? <clears throat> so the next thing I really want to cover is Forest River uh, made an announcement two days ago. And it's kind of interesting because I thought I would get a phone call on this, but I didn't. And I'm going to tell you why I think I didn't get a phone call on this in just a minute. This is from RVBusiness.com. It says, Forest River consolidates no boundaries and Ibex production. Now, this is probably the best control of narrative I have ever read in a long time. Okay, Forest River Inc. has announced a strategic reorganization that consolidates the manufacturing of its no boundaries and Ibex travel trailer brands into the current Ibex manufacturing facilities located in, and again, I'm going to botch this, Legionnaire, Indiana. If you're from Indiana, you can correct me on that. Just <laughs> spell it out phonetically for me. I probably botched the hell out of that. Operations at the current No Boundaries Manufacturing Facility in Goshen, Indiana are scheduled to wind down over the next several months with a closing date of approximately April 19th to April 26th. Simultaneously, Forest River will transform the older manufacturing facilities located at 1702 Century Drive, Goshen, Indiana, into an enhanced, enhanced parts and service center in alignment with a continued equipment, sorry, a continued commitment to customer satisfaction and service excellence. Wow, do we have great way of controlling the narrative, right? Now, there's rumors that RVBusiness.com is owned by the two big boys, uh, Forest Rivers, Pete Legal, President and CEO, uh, and Bob Martin over at Thor. And now there's rumors that Mr. Clark at Grand Design actually has a stake in this thing, too. I don't know if that's true. I have not gotten anybody to verify that information and I really can't find a way to look it up. Let me know if you guys can find it. You can email me, LevingstonRVServices at gmail.com. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can simply just leave me a comment. Okay. Now, the reason why I felt important to bring this up is this is the first domino towards collapsing a lot of brands. This is the beginning of the collapse of of the RV industry as far as branding wise. <clears throat> Here's what I mean. There's going to be a lot of focus over the next 10 months on which brands actually sell. Right now in this month of February is the crappiest month 
in retail sales since 2009. I'm going to repeat that again. This is the worst month in retail sales in the RV business since 2009. Now, some of that can be contributed to weather. Some of it can be contributed to uh, lack of inventory. It could also be something to do with taxes because everybody put their taxes on hold before this child credit thing came out. So I know there's several things. But I think there's something else going on. I think customers have scoured the internet and scoured YouTube and have found the majority of the Armageddon stories of the RV world. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of people and there's not enough people that are customers that are sharing their positive experience on the internet. Take for example, let's use me as an example. I'm, I'm, I'm on both sides. I give you the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly. I give you every side of the RV world. Because that's the way I sold. That's the reason why I sold tens of thousands of RVs in a 15-year career. Because people trusted me because I'd give them all the information they needed in order to make a decision. So that's one thing that I have a little bit of an advantage over a lot of other people. But we need more we need le here. Here's a fact that I keep trying to tell people, even with the frame flex thing that I've been covering. That's mainly with one manufacturer. There are scattered other ones. Don't get me wrong. I've even mentioned a few brands that people have emailed me, but it's very scattered. Like, okay, that's a bad apple off that tree. The reason why we're going with grand design is just because it's predominantly bad in the grand design factory and they're making a lot of the rest of the industry look bad by not responding to this properly in fact guys today i got it confirmed by four different sources that i trust that Grand Design does have a team of folks that do scour the internet looking for negative comments. And I won't go any further than that. Because I don't want this video removed. And I don't want any of my social media shut down. Because I want to continue this battle. But you'll get my drift. There is a team, from what I've been told... One source told me it was 15 people. Another source told me it was 12. The two other sources told me they weren't sure how many, but they knew it was more than 10 people. And all their job is to do is scour the internet and look for anything dealing with negative vibe or negative anything about a grand design product. And then you can take it in your own mind and your own imagination what they do from there. So you, 
that's that's confirmed by sources that I trust. Now, I haven't gotten any word yet whether any of the other brands or manufacturers do that. But I did put my feelers out because I want to know if it's an industry-wide thing. Remember, I'm not going after and attacking Grand Design to attack Grand Design. I have no skin in the game with them. They don't compete with me. All the products I sell, I don't compete with them. I haven't competed with them since probably 2019. The, my competition, what I compete against is mostly Jayco. That's mostly what I hear about. Jayco, Brinkley, uh, Arctic Fox, Outdoor RV, um, and occasionally another Forest River product that I don't carry. And once in a blue moon, I get a little off-brand thing that I've never heard of. That I have to Google. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So I don't get people walk in and go, what do you have that's compared to a Solitude or a Momentum? I don't, I don't get that. Because we don't carry products that compete with those things. We carry a completely different level of product. A different niche. That's why I said, like, mostly what I get compared to or get asked about is Northwood Manufacturing, Jayco, etc. And then you have to also realize, I mainly right now sell used. The majority of my sales over the last seven months have been used. So when I get accused by some of these trolls saying, oh, you know, you just have it out for grand design. No, I don't. If it was Forest River having this problem and it was predominantly Forest River, you bet your ass I would be up their butt about it. I'm starting to think some of the trolls are factory or dealership that carry grand design employees trying to combat my information. Where was that? Okay. But anyway, so the consolidation of the industry has begun. And woohoo! Service, continued service, commitment, and satisfaction, boys. We're gonna have ourselves service excellence. Sounds like Shaggy, like wow, like Scooby Doo. Where are you? <laughs> Craziness. Okay, the next thing I really want to cover, and I'm gonna go back here because this is very. This was something that kind of threw me off for a minute okay where is it at here we go koa monthly highlights surge in 2024 travel bookings this was released today campgrounds of america inc latest monthly report showcases a significant uptick and travel bookings for the 2024 season. Pardon me. Particularly among Gen Z campers. This increase points to a marked eagerness amongst travelers to secure their spot for future trips and emphasizes a desire to celebrate life's milestones and foster relationships through shared outdoor experiences. 
boy do they know how to word things right the report indicates the continuing trend of integrating road trips with camping noting a 10 percent higher preference for road trips over traditional camping activities this preference highlights a broader enthusiasm for exploration and adventure with 59 percent of campers favoring road trips and 49 percent opting for stationary camping this underscores a deeper integration of road tripping into the camping experience sorry uh reflecting a dynamic approach to travel and adventure give me a second my laptop came unplugged one moment so this is highly important because i look at a lot of these statistics and to me you're look you're gonna look at the fact that this year might be bigger in the actual camping space and road trip and travel space than it was during the covid lockdowns i i, I and i said this at the end of last year and this just confirms it that whether people are buying their rv this year or not or they bought it last year people are to the point where they're not going to let an election year affect their travel and affect their lifestyle and you know what i applaud you guys because we should not even really consider anything about the election as much as the media and podcasters and people on youtube want us to just bleed and suck us dry with information about daily updates about what trump's doing and daily updates about what biden's doing this just shows me that as a world as a country as a community as a lifestyle we're not going to let election year affect our travel plans okay now i'm not saying that some people are not holding off what I am saying is as a majority, as a community, as a lifestyle, uh, we are definitely heading in the right direction. Travel demand has surged significantly beyond last year's figures, with 64% of campers already making reservations for upcoming trips. And that's not usual, guys. And I'm going to give you another thing that I talked to rental companies about today. This proactive booking behavior starkly contracts with non-camping leisure travels, of whom only 29% have made similar arrangements. Among these bookings, camping trips are the most popular, 54%, followed by hotel stays at 46%. So more people that have booked their vacations already, majority of them are doing some sort of RVing or some kind of camping type of vacation. So that means some of your favorite places are going to get filled up fast. So if you have not booked your uh, campgrounds and your vacations for the year, you're probably going to miss out on some of your favorite spots because people are going honey badger getting their reservations going. Gen Z campers and individuals who began camping during the COVID-19 pandemic led the early booking trend. Key motivations for these bookings include family reunions, birthdays, celebrations during major holidays such as Memorial Day and 4th of July. 
This points to a collective desire to use these trips as opportunities to celebrate and deepen connections within loved ones. It means, guys, we are sick and tired of the damn media. We're sick and tired of hearing about stuff that does not affect our daily lives. And we want to go and make family memories. We want to create something. We want to be joined by people with similar uh, values and similar goals. The great part about our lifestyle and our community, it doesn't matter what the color of our skin is. It doesn't matter what our culture, our religion, our sexual orientation, our gender, our whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what our politics are. When we're out at a campground popping open a beer, and that's metaphorical for those of you that don't drink, and you're in the middle of a campfire, what's the main conversation going on right now? People that I've been around are trying to steer away from politics and want to talk about their kids and their families and their past trips and even talk about their experiences, good and bad, with the rig that they own or with the tow vehicle they own or with the camp setup they have. People are sick of it. I get daily comments and emails from people that have listened to my past episodes. It's kind of interesting. People are starting to watch my older episodes and they're coming back to me going, holy crap, you got a wide range of information that you share on this, on this podcast. And I go, yeah. And they go, you're right. We are tired of politics. We are tired of the damn media. We are tired of being bashed in the face with everything daily. And it's just glad to see this. The other thing you have to look at, the rest of the thing just talks about breaks down age groups and stuff. So I'm not going to go into that. But the other thing I really, really want to share with you is the fact that I have several friends of mine that are in the RV rental space or in the RV rental business. And five out of the six of my friends are sold out till Labor Day. One of them is sold out through the 4th of July. We're not talking about, oh yeah, he's got an open day here and there. Fully booked. Every single day is booked out from March 1st to Labor Day or March 1st to 4th of July. That's incredible. That's amazing. People are making plans. I talked to a friend of mine who happens to be a rep for a bank. He was in an airport when I talked to him. He said airports are packed everywhere. Everywhere he goes and travels up and down the west to middle US, United States, every airport he's in, it's like it doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Saturday or Sunday, it's packed full. This is great. This is incredible. I love it. Because it just goes to show you that we as a people cannot be controlled. We are the freest country in the world. 
and we're acting like it. And I love it. This lifestyle, this community is absolutely one of the best lifestyle communities you can be a part of to keep your life positive, to keep building those memories. Even with all the crap going on with quality, even with all the frame flex issues, even with all the frame failure problems, even with all the bullshit that we have had to put up with for the last five to six years, we are still living our lives. And I think if you're, if you're a part of that right now, you need to tap yourself on the back. If you're not quite there yet, or if you're struggling financially, when you get it all fixed and all figured out, go enjoy your life. We only get one of them. We don't get any more than that. We get one life. The last thing I want to cover is I've talked a lot about frame failure, frame flex, and I'm going to continue to gather the data and gather the information. But there's two points that need to be made about this. The first point is, is Lippert. Everybody seems to be wanting to blame and point the finger at Lippert, especially folks that I talk to that are on the manufacturing side of the industry, whether they're a vendor, whether they're an engineer, so on and so forth. Okay, I had the perfect, um, I had the perfect comment that came through. I'm not going to name the person that left the comment because I'm going to keep their privacy. But it says, just watched a video from One Strange Adventure about their frame problems. As I read the comments, I found that found one that was interesting. Here is what someone posted. And this is a post from that. I am a welder that worked for Lippert Components for a total of 11 years. The first year I worked for them, I welded, or welded frames, RV frames. That was in the early 2000s. We always used quarter-inch steel to build all the frames. The second time I worked for them, I was just the last 10 years, and then I retired in 2021. I worked in axles then, but we would hear about troubles in other departments. The RV manufacturers were having trouble with the weight, so they demanded that the frames be built with thinner steel, to save weight, that's where all the trouble is coming from. The frames are built now are not as strong as they were in the early years. First off, I disagree with this comment in the fact that they're stronger back then than they're stronger now. Because I've sold 1998 and 99 fifth wheels where the frames are so screwed up it's not even funny. I had a 1988 Comfort fifth wheel that came in on a lot and the frame was already cracked. You could see the crack right through the frame. It was already cracking. So it's not that they're not built stronger. It's the weight put on top of them. Okay. So 
first off, I want to make this very clear. Lippert Components probably owns, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably owns a little over 85% of the RV components built, including the frame companies. There's probably very little and few frame companies, but a lot of them are owned by Lippert. They just probably slapped a different sticker on it, just like Flagstaff Rockwood. Few of things are different, but you know, different graphics, maybe a couple of little differences. But outside of that, it's the same thing as a Rockwood. Okay. Since Lippard probably presents and probably more than likely represents. 8 out of 10 frames that are built on an RV. And you have manufacturers that have not had frame problems. Wouldn't you think that it's not Lippard's fault? Now I'm going to leave that up to you. In my opinion, this is a RV manufacturer issue. This has nothing to do with the frame. This has to do with the actual weight they're putting on the frame and the way they're distributing the weight on the frame. I think it's also the way they design the fifth wheel hitches. And what, what was the one thing Guy said to me? The, the distribution of weight while it's being towed. The reason why I, I, I say that is because there's a lot of fifth wheels that I have sold in my career. And, and, and most people feel very comfortable to pick up the phone and yell and scream, and be, scream at me about their problems. And I haven't heard of one person that I've sold, and I've sold a lot of RVs, guys, that had a frame problem on a new unit. If you listen to my previous episodes, it took you guys, the viewers and the listeners, to reach out to me and tell me that there's a problem. I didn't even know there was a problem. I don't have a big following. I don't have a big base of people. And it's not like the RV manufacturers are calling me and guess what they're doing. They talked to me about stuff that was relevant to RV financing and brands going away and stuff like that i've even talked to some of my actual sources and they didn't even know about the frame flex or frame failure they're helping me look into it they're like what i go yeah grand design is having the predominant amount more more predominant problems i'm probably using that word wrong than anybody else i've heard of There's a reason why Rockwood and Flagstaff fifth wheels are very well put together. There's a reason why Arctic Fox, Northwood Manufacturing is well put together. There's a reason why there's not a lot of River Stones by Forest River or Mobile Suites by DRV or Redwood. There's a reason why those don't have these complaints and I don't know what that reason is yet. And that's why I need all this data. 
The other thing I really want to say, and lastly want to say, about the whole thing and wrap this up, is not, if, if you look at the amount of RVs that are built, and this is not an excuse, guys. I'm just putting out there's a fact. If let's say we had an average of 400,000 RVs that were built over the last 10 years. And we only have, let's say, two or three, let's even go as high as 10,000 major Armageddon level frame problems or construction problems of any kind. It goes to show you that it's still a small percentage of manufacturing that has these Armageddon level of problems. Okay, so when you're doing your homework, now I'm not going to convince all of you, but when you're doing your homework, just realize that just because they used a Lippard component, on the RV or a Lippard frame, even if it's from a separate company that's owned by Lippard, that doesn't automatically mean that fifth wheel is bad or that motorhome is bad or that travel trailer is bad. Now, in our case, backtracking a little bit, as I've said, Grand Design is the major player and the major problem. And I think what's spooking people is Grand Design was supposed to be this big, fabulous company that has the greatest fucking uh, quality in the world. And now all these problems are happening. So everybody's like, well, if Grand Design has that many problems, first of all, Grand Design's been a pile of junk since Winnebago Bottom. But they kept the same guy in there. Don Clark is... Don Clark cares more about his paycheck and filling his bank account than he does about some guy with a frame problem. I'm sorry. At least that's the rumor right here. I don't know the person uh, personally. But that's what I hear coming from that side of the industry is that guy could care less. That's the rumor. He could care less about a customer that broke down the side of the road, bought $120,000 momentum or $150,000 momentum, their frame snapped on them, and uh, they're sitting on the side of the road and they have nowhere to go. He don't care. At least that's the rumor. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the guy, so I don't know. At the end of the day, just realize that they're not all bad. That every RV every ever built does not have Armageddon level problems. That's not an excuse. That's just a fact. And until next time, have a good one.